0: and welcome to baseball here at beautiful Wrigley Field. This is the voice of Wrigley Field, Jeremiah Paprocki. Hi, everyone.
1: This is Krista B. Thanks for tuning in to Krista B. Talks. i like to emphasize that life is about living in a STEM world, which consists of science, technology, engineering, and math. And today, I have a great friend. He is the PA announcer for Chicago Cubs. And as we speak today, you will get to see how STEM plays a big role in his accomplishments. Let's give it up for Jeremiah, yay! (laughs) Thank you for being here today. Pleasure to
0: be here, thanks for having me. Yes,
1: yes. As As an announcer, can you tell the viewers about the engineering equipment that you use on a daily basis?
0: Yeah. So I I use a a microphone. That's basically like my main tool to get the job done. um, If you want to call it a tool, but uh, it does get the job done nevertheless. So uh, I use a sure branded microphone, which is pretty popular amongst all announcers. Um, And you know, I mean, it's pretty straightforward information. You, you project your voice in front of the microphone and uh, it goes out to a sound system, uh, whatever the venue has. Um, Wrigley Field is a big ballpark so there's a lot of speakers that are distributed throughout the ballpark and we have a great engineer who um, kind of makes that sound kind of distributed to all fans and um, you know there's a science behind it for sure Mm -hmm. you know. It seems interesting to think that this one microphone has the power to reach about 40,000 fans. On a nightly basis or or game-to-game basis um and you know there's just a a big circumference to it as well too so just being able to make sure that all the levels are sound and adjust properly so
1: you also a stage manager for chicago bulls yes so can you explain the difference between like how the sound system is at like a professional baseball stadium between an um, auditorium like Chicago Bulls. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: so like there's definitely lots of challenges between the outdoor venue and the indoor venue. Right. So mm-hmm. with outdoor, there's a lot of outside noise exposure. So you're, you're dealing with not only your sound, but uh, crowd noise tends to generate a, a, a lot of uh, like draw to it as well too. Mm-hmm. So that's with the outdoor and indoor. But with the outdoor, you also get outside noise, which is like, you know, people that are outside of the ballpark as Mm -hmm. well as like cars, helicopters, uh, fire engines, Um, Wrigley's right next to a firehouse, so sometimes they run drills throughout Mm -hmm. the game and you you can hear them from coming from uh, Waveland and so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of factors that that go into like making sound work outside Mm -hmm. versus inside, so
1: do you think since a baseball stadium have like more, kind of like distractions, since it's outside, do you have to use like bigger equipment, more equipment, or is the sound y- y'all just like echo it out from the outside? Yeah, place?
0: no, that's a good mm-hmm. question. I mean, we we um, there's obviously so our engineer who mm-hmm. who's been with the ballpark for for a while now has you know, that expertise in what sound system is appropriate, and um, I believe in 2015 when they started renovations on the ballpark, they replaced the old speakers and like got a new sound system, one that's more uh, state-of-the-art and up-to-date, and so um, one thing I know for sure is no matter the situation, my voice will always sound nice and clear. Yep. When you're listening mm-hmm. to it in the ballpark, um, that's the goal. For and sure. that definitely, that's <laughs> the goal for sure. And so um, there's I'm not really too familiar with like the types of sound systems that are around in the leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, I'm not sure what the United Center has or what uh, what we even have, but I know our engineer knows it. and mm-hmm. um, obviously, that person has that expertise in it. So, mm-hmm. obviously trusting them to make sure that we can, you know, perform our duties awesome. properly, for sure.
1: Awesome. Can you explain to the viewers, like, what inspired you to be a PA announcer? Yeah, what you motivated definitely. Um,
0: This funny story, actually. Uh, The first thing I ever wanted to get into was being an airline pilot. Oh, so, I, I oh, didn't even... Man. Announcing came kind of later in the cars of just, like things started happening with announcing and everything mm-hmm. that way kind of fell into place. But, you know, aviation has a lot of to do with STEM. That's a big STEM field, yeah. you know, as you like being a pilot, you got to prepare for like the weather and the, yeah. the um, and then like you can go into aircraft maintenance where yeah. like, engines and all that stuff mm-hmm. play a uh, vital role to avionics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot of STEM through that. Um, In elementary, because elementary was the time that I wanted to get into it. Um, But, um, yeah, just being a big sports fan in the city of Chicago, you got a lot of great teams to root for. a lot of teams
1: here, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) and and we
0: just happen to be in uh, a city where I believe the best intro in all of sports takes place, and that would be the Chicago Bulls. Um, Just because, I mean, for years, ever since... um, the nine uh, even the eighties before they even won the championships, they were running the Alan Parsons Sirius theme song. So the na 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 uh mm-hmm. so everyone knows that tune and you always associate it with the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. And so uh being a kid, uh just watching that sequence of we call they call it the running with the bulls or running of the bulls and so there's like an animated graphic where it's just the bulls running throughout the city and um, um, they have the bulls kind of crash into like the opposing team bus and explodes and fireworks and pyros yep. and, and then the, actually the announcer at the time was the one who uh, a- actually implemented that sequence. So his name was uh, Tommy Edwards. Um, he was the bulls announcer for about three periods of time. So, Uh, late 70s I believe and then from about the 80s to 90s um, but when Michael Jordan was getting like drafted in 85 Mm -hmm. he uh, he went to a movie with his wife at the Biograph Theater in Chicago and it just happened that that theme song was playing and the Bulls and he was a radio disc jockey so they were using his insight for music and they needed something to kind of hype up the crowd as Jordan was being announced and when he heard that song, he's like, I think this can work. Mm-hmm. And so when they started implementing it, they turned the lights off and they would run the track. And Jordan in his rookie season, but everyone heard the name. And, yeah. um, they, they You could feel the hype and the energy yeah. in the arena. And so, um, but that's going a little bit too off topic now. <laughs> but basically as a kid, you know, I would always okay. hear it. Mm-hmm. And I matched Tommy Edwards' voice into it. and Uh, I just kind of naturally find myself being like, and now, and so like, you know, yeah, just mimicking it, Mm -hmm. but like, just like, sometimes I just kind of catch it off guard, you know, how like we kind of get in tune with like music and something gets catchy and you just keep saying it. Well, that kind of just got catchy with me. And, um, little did I know I was working on my voice to kind of shape it into the way that it is today. Mm. Um, but, um, that's kind of the the first origin story of how I got into like broadcasting.
1: Awesome. So there was an article written about you from um dot org. Yeah. And stating that you was the youngest in the majors yeah, yeah. and the first um African American too. So yeah. can you explain a little bit more about that? Like How it all came to be? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So
0: obviously, this is now fast forwarding to when I got the Cubs job in 2021. So May 17 was my first game of that year. Uh, Lifelong Cubs fan, so it was just a huge, not only huge achievement, but just like a blessing at the same time because like being able to work for the team that you grew up and and have a lot of love for is makes getting the job ten times more special. but it was also cool to um, check get those check marks off, uh, those achievements, and um, like you said, I was the uh, youngest in in the majors at getting hired at age twenty one, and then also being the first African American in the position with the Chicago Cubs. So that was super cool, um, and and obviously meant a lot as well too, um, and not not only to inspire. Um, you know, other African Americans out there, but just young people in general, you know Mm -hmm. I I don't believe in this where you gotta be like an older age or like, you know, have like this certain number of years of experience like, if you've been in it for, um, you know two years, five years ten years, uh, I think even if you've been in it for a year or two but you like, you know how to perform the duties Mm -hmm. to, to excellence, I think you're you're well beyond your years for sure. You know, a lot of people can excel in something um, no matter how long they've been doing it. So uh, Mm -hmm. just being able to kind of be that, you know, inspiration for people, especially young people, Mm -hmm. to be like, hey, you know, I was able to achieve this at a young age, you know, no matter what you put yourself into, you can do it young. And I know that STEM can be a very, you know, intimidating and challenging field for sure. Mm and you know there's a lot of people that have been doing it for for so many years and they have these higher positions and then you feel like oh is this going to take me like you know 10 years, 20 years to get to where I want to yeah. be and and I think that you know it's important to think that um you know if you've been in it a year or two I don't think it really matters as long as you're always putting the work in and you're showcasing the work and showing people that hey, I've been excelling no matter how long I've been doing this. And so um, I've been fortunate enough to get the Cubs job pretty early and the National uh, Baseball Hall of Fame was able to recognize that. And so at the end of the season, they were like, yeah, can we grab your microphone and put it on display? And so, so uh-huh. like i'm literally in the, the baseball hall of fame which is crazy
1: so was that your first like microphone that you used and then they was like we just we want to put it into the museum like well, how was yeah. yeah i mean
0: it was already it was so the microphone was already in place when i got the job mm-hmm. obviously okay. you know so i was kind of coming into it All right. um, um but just because it was such a huge accomplishment they were like, well, you know, we'd like to have it. And so, of course, I'm not going to say no to such a huge honor like that. Um, so I ended up having to get a new a new microphone, which right, is currently right. in place now. But it's well worth it for sure. It's well
1: worth it. Where can the viewers uh, or the audience go and see the microphone at?
0: Yeah, so it's in Cooperstown, New York, which um, is just a, a little bit outside of Albany, New York, which is mm. the capital of New York. Um, so definitely check it out if you're a big baseball fan, you're gonna love it for sure, I mean, there's all the plaques with all the players that are in the Hall of Fame, so definitely check that out, but there's definitely a lot of artifacts as well too, which happens to, one of the stands happens to have my microphone, so... You that's know. a big accomplishment yeah it's, lie. It's, that's it's, it is huge, you know you know it's 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 so weird to say that i'm uh-huh. a part of the baseball hall of fame uh-huh. like especially at a young age too or some players kind of get it you know players play the the, the sport for a long time uh-huh. and, and takes them a while to yeah. get there and just like a couple months in and they're already like oh you know let's let's get him oh, in there so good. it's super super cool yeah, so how how you end up getting the position with the Chicago Cubs? Yeah, so all I applied for is, um oh, you know it okay. it's you know it's, <laughs> it's a job at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. you kind of stock the job boards, and I, I was keeping up with the announcer before me. So when he stepped down, I was aware that the position was going to become available shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I um, once it dropped, a friend sent the link over. Um, filled everything Mm out you know it's a series of sending videos they want to hear your voice for sure so I sent a lot of videos throughout a couple of weeks talked to a few people then got down to the uh, ballpark for a live audition Mm -hmm. and so um that was when it started to get real and you're like okay you kind of know how this process goes when you get to Mm -hmm. the final stage here of like the live audition and so I was like well this is the closest I've ever gotten an opportunity for the majors. so Uh, I was like just really keeping my fingers crossed, praying to God for sure. Mm -hmm. And then um, you know it definitely worked out. I got that uh, that teams call. They were like, we want to you know chat. Like you hired
1: or yeah, that was basically you know
0: you know they gotta you know build up the uh, anticipation. Oh, that's true. That's true. Then
1: then they hit you with the well,
0: we want you to be the next voice to really feel, and so. All that kind of tension and like anxiety got kind of got released, and then obviously emotions after that. But you know, it's definitely a a big moment for sure. So how
1: did you like prep yourself up? Like you just, I don't know. Like how did you prep yourself up to like send the audition tape, or would you just be your natural self?
0: Yeah, I mean, I you know being I at that point I was you know already announcing for for six years and Mm -hmm. so. I, I had experience in it already. Um, just kind of you know thinking about, you know what sounds like you, but what also sounds best for like the ballpark. So kind of keeping mm, okay. a lot of things in mind there. So. It's the
1: traditional way to like say the stuff.
0: Too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So like it's funny enough, I was actually in Miami when I like sent in my first audition tape. Ooh, Miami. So, okay. so I Well I was I was still a student at UIC, so I didn't oh, even okay. graduate yet. I still had a semester to go. So you wasn't in Miami
1: for spring break.
0: I was in Miami for spring break, <laughs> yeah. So I had flu flown out there, um, and the job dropped when I was in Miami. I was like oh okay I have to get like a tape going here so I grabbed the random lineup off of Twitter <laughs> and was like I'm gonna send something new um, and then just recorded it um, I was actually on the trip with my mom so my mom recorded it so that was oh, so nice so you know that that was nice. nice that that worked out that way um, and uh, then a couple other times I used my space in UIC to send videos in but um Yeah, no, I mean, I was a student. I was at UIC. Um, That was your senior
1: year, too, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: So I was almost done. I had a a whole uh, semester. Even when I got the job, I had a couple months where I was doing Zoom classes in the press box.
1: Really? Yeah. Wow. You was multitasking. I was that's trying. <laughs> not during
0: not during the game. Okay, for sure, not during the game. Okay, like, okay. Before I set up the classes before work. Oh, but like, okay. enough time where it's like I'm there already. So True. like I can like transition over. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I just, you know, keeping it yourself, but also like knowing, mm-hmm. you know, your audience and, you know, what, what things should mm-hmm. sound like for sure. So
1: And I know there's speakers all around the stadium as well. Um, have you seen like any other like systems like that at other sta- baseball stadiums?
0: Yeah, so actually, it's funny enough. So like the good thing about the pros is like they hire a professional to mm. kind of run those systems. But even though I'm an announcer, I actually had to adapt that sound engineer role myself as well too. So I can mm. kind of consider myself a sound engineer. And you like
1: announced for the games, Did, was there always an audio engineer around?
0: No. Not. Okay, so that's another
1: reason why you As, had to essentially. Adapt much. Yeah.
0: Essentially, I I became the audio engineer. So oh, like, okay. um, or like whoever was the response, like the the person in marketing is usually responsible okay. for like overseeing like the game day operations of the venues, okay. and like the actual game itself. But uh, I'm I'm very picking particular with my sound. So like. You know i i feel like you know there's a brand to it you want to make sure that it's it's consistent and so um it's all it's kind of just kind of working with the people that you work with in marketing the marketing department working closely with them but them trusting you to kind of give you the uh space to kind of operate the sound system so you know you're you're using a, a a soundboard um, and adjusting the levels mm-hmm. properly, so you got your your gain, your EQ, your DBs, your 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 main faders. And you uh, learn
1: all of this from the job. Yes, oh, okay. yes, cool, yes. Cool, cool.
0: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. all. This was all learned when I realized that I was responsible for <laughs>
1: right, because you be making <laughs> my
0: job as best as possible. So mm-hmm. definitely, just spending time on it on that. You know you also kind of get to learn like more tools that and like enhance your voice so okay. you know making sure like you know you can kind of maybe add a little bit to it and in, in a sense mm-hmm. where like you know you're you're sounding more crisper and and deeper and like maybe like mm-hmm. let's say like you're 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 not really feeling too well and so like your voices are maybe a little bit Higher pitched or a little bit deeper, cleaning that up with with certain. Oh, the uh, sound system. Yeah, okay. for sure. Oh, okay, okay,
1: cool, cool, cool. And is the sound system different for like soccer games too?
0: And baseball yeah, games? so every mm-hmm. um, a lot of speakers are different. So our baseball stadium speakers are different from the ones that okay. we use at like soccer or, uh, softball and they're all, all, they're all different from the ones that we use in the arena. So, you know, they're, they're, they're all different speakers. So it's all a learning curve each time, but it's definitely mm-hmm. something that's doable if you kind of work on um, getting to know your equipment mm-hmm. and, and just kind of learning how to like adjust properly for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Awesome. Now in my closing remarks, using the STEM formula, science, technology, engineering, and math, no matter what occupation you are, no matter if you're still a student, no matter if you're in high school, um, you can utilize STEM in different ways. You don't have to be discouraged um, if you need like certain levels of experience. Um, as long as you practice, excel, and just do the best that you can, you can be in, end up in any position. Um, just like Jeremiah, um, he, the youngest. So just keep going at it, go after your dreams, um, and then also be mindful of, like, everything around you, everything could be a learning curve, and don't get discouraged if you fail once, or if something doesn't look right, you could always keep going at it. Again, YouTube University is your best friend, so yeah, so no matter what position you are in life, using the STEM formula, um you could enhance your position in your lifestyle today. Thanks guys.